Today on Stick to Football, it's Monday, and that means it is Mock Draft Monday time. Matt Mello and Connor, check us out on Bleacher Report's YouTube or listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Guys, less than a month to the NFL Draft, so today's mock will be what we would do as general managers of the top 32 picks. But here's where we're going to start the show today, guys. The rosters for the BR GOAT greatest of all time simulation have been announced and I just want to take another lap because there's no way the 49ers lose this thing no way at all they did pick Joe Montana as the starter we all know he's going to get hurt in the first quarter and Steve Young is going to come in and save the day but Jerry Rice T.O. John Taylor this team's an unbeatable mellow I don't know I said the Steelers and then they took it to like a Twitter vote and they put Ben Roethlisberger as the starting quarterback uh, I think Connor was probably right when he said the Cowboys. The offensive line is just going to be unstoppable. Does that matter in Madden? I think it does when okay. you have Emmett Smith running behind you with, I mean, Tony Dorsett and yes. Zeke Elliott and right. Herschel Walker. Like, yeah, that's a good point. And, and you got to think comp- how the computer plays where they just sit in the pocket and wait all day, probably, right? too. Yeah. And if you have that stamina turned on to where players are actually getting tired, like just run the ball all day behind Zach Martin, Larry Allen, Travis <laughs> Frederick. Like, it's not bad. And I, then you have your guy, probably Charles Haley, down here on he's defense. He's a Niner, somewhere. actually. Oh, well, there you go. Yep. I don't know. I'm and looking through I, these yeah. rosters. The Broncos are going to be very tough to beat as well. I was gonna. I'm glad you said that, Mello. I looked at the Broncos, and I was like, man, you kind of forget that they're going to boost up Elway because he was phenomenal. He yep. can move. He can throw the ball down the field. He's kind of like, I guess, the closest thing an old Madden would have to Mahomes where you can get him outside the pocket and just launch the ball. And they're going to be playing each other in the first round. Me and Matt are actually going to be helping broadcast that game Tuesday night. If you want to ask draft questions, do whatever you want to do. We'll be in there. But their defense is ridiculous on so many levels. So I think the Broncos are one of the sneakier teams as well. And like Connor said, you can watch these games on the uh, Bleacher Report Twitch channel over the next two weeks, starting March 30th, that's today, to April 13th. Every night from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern time, these games will be going off uh, with the championship taking place on April 13th for the uh, the greatest of all time. I don't know if we're handing out trophies for this thing or not, but we probably should be. But like Connor said, you'll see us in there every now and then doing our thing. And our thing, mostly this time of year, normally would be the NFL draft. Thanks to our uh, terrible person, COVID-19, There's everything is shut down right now. Uh, no player interviews, no uh, other than on Skype, no player visits, no physicals. And that has really changed the landscape of how teams are preparing for the draft. And because of that, guys, the, the only real nugget I have to drop for you this Monday morning is I'm hearing multiple teams prefer Justin Herbert to Alabama's Tua Tungavailoa because of injuries and the unknowns. And I was actually talking to uh, a high-level team exec yesterday, uh, and he said, you know, in a normal year, you could honestly make the argument Tua should be the number two overall pick and maybe the number one overall pick. But because you're taking a third party's word for it when it comes to his medicals at this point in time, that teams are just going to be a little bit hesitant. And because of that, uh, this guy and other other team officials as well have told me, don't be surprised if Justin Herbert is the second quarterback picked because there are no questions about injuries when it comes to his evaluation. I think that's a terrible take. I, I, the insider you're talking to, <laughs> that is just dumb. I'm sorry. You do not take Justin Herbert over Tua. If any teams are listening to this right now, like, just take Tua. I would rather take my chance on an injured hip than a guy that's going to throw 25 interceptions a year. But like, we have this happen every year. I know. Like, don't overthink it. It's so easy. Tua is good. Getting behind an offensive line that's also good 
and keep him healthy. Like that's it. That's all you have to do. That's exactly how I feel. I would take the good quarterback that has injury risk over the bad one. I- I'm sorry. I know it's harsh to sit here and call Justin Herbert bad, but I think if you put him on an NFL field right now, uh, he would be in the bottom tier. And I'm just not a big believer in developing him into be this top 10 kind of guy that he's going to be valued at when he goes as a top five, top 10 pick in this draft. So I totally see it, Matt, and believe it because I think teams do this every single year, and I think it would be a colossal mistake. I mean, yeah, last year we saw Daniel Jones be the second quarterback drafted in a top 10 pick when I none of us had him graded that highly. The year before that, we saw Baker Mayfield, who was my number four quarterback, be the number one pick in the first quarterback selected. So we do see teams fall in love for odd reasons, but I think this is something notable to address is that we are in an unprecedented time when it comes to draft preparation. I mean, when it comes to the entire world, none of us have ever seen anything like what's going on daily. Just turn on the news. It's it's a scary movie every day. And because of the concerns of injury, I would not be shocked if the Miami Dolphins say, you know what? Our, our other quarterbacks are Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick. We need somebody who can play right now. Now, if you're the L.A. Chargers, you have Tyrod Taylor, you have Easton Stick, you're okay. You feel like you can roll out there for 2020 with one of those guys and, and be okay. But if you're the Dolphins and you've kind of backed yourself into a corner of needing a guy who can get on the field right now, I could see them not saying I would do it, and you'll you'll hear that when we get into our mock draft, but I would not be shocked if, if that is the case where Justin Herbert – had a great senior bowl. I mean, great Rose Bowl, great senior bowl, great combine. And then the whole world shuts down and you have this six foot six, 240 pound quarterback with a rocket right arm and no injuries. It is at least understandable that teams would fall for that. Not you, saying I would, but do you think that this could be a move to get to it a drop though? Teams try to put out information all the time to get oh, players to fall and, you know, maybe convince a team like the Dolphins, like, oh, everybody else is saying that. They like Justin Herbert. Maybe we should do some more work. And then late in this process, you fall in love with Justin Herbert, and all along you should have taken Tua. Yeah, I'm definitely. Yeah. I mean, I've been lied to this time of year multiple times. I've uh, I've told you guys stories over the years where it definitely happens, and this could be one of those cases. But this isn't just one team saying, hey, I think Justin Herbert's going to go over Tua. This is a lot of people believe this right now. Do you also think, Matt, there's something to be said about a team getting out in front of the possibility that – Say the Chargers jump Miami, right? The Chargers go to three or four. They take Tua. Miami sits there at five and goes, you know what? We like Justin Herbert. We liked Tua more, but we like Justin Herbert. We'll take him at five, and he's our franchise guy going forward. You can kind of spin it towards the public after saying, hey, Herbert was our guy all along. That's why we didn't really you know, push too hard to get a trade done. We felt like we can get him at five. Without a doubt, and I'll, I can actually tell you guys an instance where this happened. In 2018, when the Jets had the number three overall pick, you could talk to multiple people in that building and hear that they liked a different quarterback. And I do believe that's what was happening. They were almost field testing what the reaction would be to certain quarterbacks. But then there were there were elements of the, the team that said, hey, the quarterback coach liked Josh Allen. That's who he wanted. People in the front yep. office wanted Sam Darnold. There were area scouts who wanted Baker Mayfield. So I, I think it also goes to, like, who do you talk to? Because when you're in a position where there might be multiple quarterbacks on the board, like if a team were to trade up, you're going to get different factions that say, no, no, we want to trade up for this guy. It's not always... You know, Brett Veach telling Andy Reid two years before that we're going to draft Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't always, it's not always that, that, uh, you know, together. I don't know. It just, it still seems fishy to me. I, if, if I'm taking either one of these guys, like, I, I just think Tua, even with the injuries, is head and shoulders above Herbert. And maybe I like Tua way too much, but I, I think that he throws with accuracy. And the only question is, is he healthy? And so far, he's looked healthy. 
I know that he's had the injuries in college, but man, I just I think there's a big difference when you look at Tua versus Justin Herbert. Oh, it's colossal. I mean, I have Tua fourth overall right now, and I'll have to look for Herbert. I have Herbert somewhere in the second round last time I looked. I mean, I, I like Jordan Love over Justin Herbert right now, but I just think the NFL views him uh, extremely, extremely different right now. Yeah, and it, again, um, not saying it's right, but we have seen it happen where a guy like Justin Herbert does get value well, and teams overthink it. And I can't sit here and pretend like I'm always right either. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I had Jarrett Stidham as my number one quarterback last year. I liked Mason Rudolph a lot. I almost said Mason Ramsey, which I still <laughs> like, I like Mason, Mason Ramsey yeah. a lot. Hey, he's good too. Mason Rudolph, though, eh, not so proud of that one anymore. So, I mean... Have I been wrong on quarterbacks before? Yeah, I just I wouldn't take Justin Herbert in the top five of this draft. Not with Tua sitting right there. All right, let's take a break and find out who we would take in this draft. It's our mock draft of what we would do as general managers. We'll be back right after this. It is mock draft Monday time. We only got a couple more of these before the NFL draft actually gets here. April twenty third set to kick off from. Uh, points unknown. Roger Goodell's living room is probably where we will be, and uh, we don't know where we will be, but we will be covering the draft for you. That part is guaranteed. Mello, you get the honors today with the first pick in the draft. You are on the clock with the Cincinnati Bengals. It, with the Cincinnati Bengals, I think that they're in obvious position to take a quarterback, and this isn't just sticking to the old boring oh, what do we think is going to happen? I do think that the Bengals should take Joe Burrow. I think bringing him back to Ohio, building that fan base, and actually proving that, yeah, we can win. And Getting him on the field early with guys like A.J. Green and Joe Mixon, that's the move to make. I really like Tua. I just kind of went on a little rant about him. But I think the pick here for the Bengals has to be Joe Burrow. I know he had one great year, and I'll tell you, that makes me nervous. Uh, you go back and you look at the number one quarterbacks taken in every draft. Doesn't correlate to success always. We're seeing a lot of young quarterbacks who are taking number one overall struggle, and some of them even getting replaced like Jameis Winston now. So I think the pick has to be Joe Burrow. He's just, he's too good. It fits the need. I'm going with Burrow number one overall. Since we talk about him so much, it's like, oh, but Burrow to the Bengals. You've been doing this a couple of years. Where would he rank for you in terms of quarterbacks you've evaluated? Probably not in the top five. Really? I like Sam Darnold a lot more than him. I, I guess he'd probably be in the top five, probably like three, maybe. Connor, where would he be for you? That's a great question. Um, ooh, I don't know. I would have to really comb through and see because 2018, I, I obviously liked Rosen and Baker a lot. I had them in the top 10 and Rosen has flopped and Baker were, were kind of in wait and see mode. And then I had it as Lamar at three and then Darnold four. And Lamar's been amazing in a good situation and Darnold's been up and down. I liked those top four like a lot, a real lot. I don't know. I guess I would put Burrow right in the middle there. And that, that's really tricky. I'd really have to comb through because okay. it, I, I don't know. I liked Watson a lot too. Watson was my top quarterback and I think my number two overall player that year. So I wouldn't have him over Watson. That's, that's tricky. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. That's kind of what I consider like the first draft with my bad Pat Mahomes take. But I liked Watson <laughs> a lot. I still like Darnold more than Watson, so it would probably be like Darnold, Watson, and then Burrow. But, man, I, I'm i still not sold on him. Like I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Joe Burrow ends up being a bust. I, I like the kid. I want to root for him. But having all that success with about nine offensive NFL players on your roster, an offensive coordinator that came in and just revamped your offense, there was a lot going on there that led to his success that he didn't have in his junior year. This guy lost his job 
I mean, and it was an open competition to Haskins at Ohio State, forced him to LSU. No, whatever. He lost his job. <laughs> he, they had an open competition all spring, and Dwayne Haskins beat him out. Dwayne Haskins, a guy who might even get replaced by the Redskins after one year. So there are yeah. a lot of question marks. I don't think Joe Burrow is this perfect Heisman Trophy winning national championship quarterback that we want him to be. I've compared him before to Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is not finding success in the NFL, and he has all the tools to do it. I think if they get an offensive line, maybe that changes things. But I don't view Joe Burrow as like a perfect quarterback prospect. Well, that's why this show is fun, because I have given him the second highest quarterback grade ever. Oof. I have Andrew Luck, and then I have Joe Burrow. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I We changed our grading scale this year. I gave him a 96 overall. All right. Well, there's that. I just, that's why I didn't. Want, yeah. I didn't want to give you my opinion. I want to hear your guys. <laughs> no, I, no, it's interesting. I'm, I, I'm not that high, him. and I'm not that low. I mean, I compared him to Matt Ryan, who has been a really good NFL quarterback for a while now. But Matt Ryan's never a guy that you sit there and put on the platform that you have Brady, Breeze, Russ, uh, obviously Pat. Now, you know, I, I think he's a, a good. I think Burrow can easily be that top twelve quarterback, top ten quarterback. I'm not in the you know, in the view that he will be the best quarterback in the league one day. Well, I think if you're coming to the NFL with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson, like you're, I can't see him being better than those guys, right? You know, I don't think he'll be a top five. Not going to happen. Yeah, NFL. it's just where you're coming in. But as a prospect, I, I was very low on Mahomes. And one thing that I've learned from that is, and we talk about this a ton on here, situation matters so much because if Mahomes has been drafted by the Browns, so I I think it takes him a lot longer to get to this level, uh, and maybe he flames out before he gets to this level. Um, so I think situation matters. Joe Burrow is going to a good one, in my opinion, as far as the players around him. But I, we talk so much about that pick; it's been set in stone for four months. I just wanted to take that conversation somewhere differently. And Connor, you are on the board now, number two overall. Yeah, I'm about to flip the draft upside down. I think ultimately this guy does go to a really good situation when it's all said and done. I think Tua has a very good chance to be on the Chargers, and that would be great for him. But number two to the Redskins in this mock draft, because it's the what we would do mock draft, I'm taking Tua. And Melo alluded to it a lot in the first segment. Tua is a great player when healthy. And with Washington right now, I don't know if they have a great player at quarterback. With Dwayne Haskins last year, I had him 18th overall in what was, let's be real, guys, not a star-studded quarterback class. I really liked Kyler Murray. I had him in the top five, and then that was it. And then with Haskins, you look at it, uh, he was somebody that you see the talent to develop, but Ron Rivera didn't come in necessarily signing up saying, hey, I'm here to develop Dwayne Haskins. And maybe, you know, maybe he will. I don't think they're going to take Tua when all is said and done, but I don't know how tied they are long-term to Haskins if things don't work out this well this year. You only pick this high so many times, guys. I love Chase Young. I think he's the best player in the draft. But I look at Tua. I have him fourth overall. I think he's a phenomenal quarterback. If he never got hurt, I'd have him over Joe Burrow. I don't think it would even be that big of a a difficult decision for me when all is said and done. So for the Redskins, it stinks that they botched this with Trent Williams because if you had Trent Williams coming back at left tackle and you could have, you know, taken some offers to move on from Haskins and you take Tua, you feel good about putting him behind that offensive line. I think Tua and Rivera is something you could build around for a decade with the caveat that everyone talks about. Can Tua stay healthy? But I'm willing at number two, to take the risk because I think he could be a great player in the NFL. When I saw you put this pick in, to me it just comes down to, it's not that I don't like Dwayne Haskins, it's not that Same. I didn't like Dwayne Haskins, I just like Tua better. 
And that's and that's it's it. quarterback that yep. matters. And I think the Cardinals proved last year that you can do that. You don't don't just sit there and say, "Oh man, we took a quarterback. Let's keep rolling out with this guy." Like if it's not working, go replace him. Especially if you have a quarterback right there that you can take, like Tua. And I love Chase Young too, number one guy on my board. They've got some pretty damn good pass rushers yep. there in Washington. That's not a need for them at all. No, when you look at the Redskins' needs, you would not say edge rusher. You would you would honestly say left tackle. Is the biggest one, but there's not a tackle that you would take it to overall. But then, would you, you guys do this? Quarterback. Would you guys do what I did? I yeah, would. yeah, I that's, would. that would have been my pick as well. I remember laughing at the Cardinals though last year. I mean, like, you're going to take a quarterback again. Like yeah. you're going to waste that pick. But I would, and I would try to move on from Haskins and try to get some picks back. I think you can probably find a team that will give you a second rounder. Find some teams that that really liked him last year that still need a quarterback. Go do it. And I, I would take two a number two overall. I'd be calling New England saying, "Hey, you want Dwayne Haskins?" Yeah. Somebody. Take somebody. Although we keep saying that. I think knowing the likes Jared Stidham. All right, I'm on the board number three overall, the Detroit Lions. Thanks to my great friends, Mello and Connor. Chase Young is still on the board. And if you are the Lions, this is the easiest pick that your franchise has ever made. Chase Young is the best player in this class. I've seen people from the great Mel Kuyper to others say, like, well, you know, he just wasn't that impressive this year. I don't know what the fuck you guys were watching. (laughs) He was incredibly impressive every step of the way this year. Um, National championship, or excuse me, college football playoffs, he's still wrecking folks. I mean, he's still just continually making huge plays. I love Chase Young. I think he is, you know, a Khalil Mack, Miles Garrett type guy. He might not be Nick Bosa against the run, but that's okay. I think his first step is better than what Nick Bosa showed coming out of Ohio State. He's a technician. Uh, He's going to be able to win with speed, with power, with moves. His awareness is very good, and he just wants wants to be great. This is a guy who loves playing football and wants to be great. If Chase Young busts, it will be one of the biggest surprises of my career. I agree with you completely. I love Chase Young. I think he fits in any scheme as well. And I'm up again with the Giants at number four. Looking at the Giants team, I think there's an obvious need at tackle. Uh, we know how Gediman feels about linebackers. But for me, Jeff Akuta's sitting there, and I think he's a special corner. And our listeners might be wondering, like, I thought you loved Isaiah Simmons. I do. But I'm picking for a defense that mainly runs a 3-4. And I don't like Isaiah Simmons in a 3-4 defense. I like him being able to have that versatility. He's not going to play edge rusher for you in that defense. He's not going to play middle linebacker. So now you're drafting a safety at number four overall. And you're sticking him in a spot and saying, all right, you're a safety now. Go play safety. And I don't like that. So I'm not going to do it with the Giants. I'm going to take Jeff Okuda, who is going to be a real difference maker on this defense. Uh, I know that they have DeAndre Baker, Thorpe Award winner, who played okay at times last year they say signed James Bradbury but corners like this don't come around very often and that's why he's being drafted in the top five of this draft so I'm going with Jeff Okuda take away an entire side of the field he's going to be a great corner from day one again this is what you would do not what Dave Gettleman will do because Dave Gettleman hates corners he will not draft anyone from the secondary this high yeah I was going to say, and then you have you have a really bad secondary turning into a really good one him Bradbury you're still developing DeAndre Baker that'd be a hell of a trio at corner in a division where guess what guys you're going to need it this year so number five the Miami Dolphins no Tua on the board no Burrow on the board I am not taking Justin Herbert at five I'm sorry I'm sure the Dolphins would in this scenario I'm taking Jedrick Wills guys have you looked at who's starting for offensive at offensive tackle <laughs> they for need this both team? they need both right tackle now, spots I don't even know how you're putting a rookie quarterback back there and you could sit here and say well they have eight million draft picks I don't think picks 18 and on are getting you all these starting tackles. So for the Dolphins here, 
I feel like this is a win if you're a Dolphins fan. I know you're kicking the can down the road for quarterback. That's not something you want to hear. It stinks, but guess what? you got a franchise left or right tackle, wherever you want to play him, in Jedrick Wills that can also get your run game going, which if you listen to the rest of this mock draft, that's going to matter a lot. Number six, the Los Angeles Chargers. Justin Herbert is on the board. Jordan Love is on the board. I'm not taking either of those guys because I do not feel that they're worthy of a top six pick in this draft. Again, this is what I would do. I would roll Tyrod Taylor out there. I would sign Cam Newton. And I would go with Easton Stick as my backup that I'm developing. There's no way that I feel like Justin Herbert, especially in 2020, is a better quarterback than what Cam Newton or Tyrod Taylor could be for you. So I'm going to go with Isaiah Simmons. And this is not a need at all, but I do not care. Because if I can put Isaiah Simmons and Derwin James on defense with Casey Hayward and Chris Harris and Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, I really don't care about anything else because that could be the best defense in the NFL. Yeah, I, I think so. And with him and Derwin James together, I would love to see how they play with one another. They just right? play man defense. Right, having those two, because Derwin James yeah, did so much beat at linebacker as well, and then Isaiah Simmons can do so much at safety. It would make things very difficult for everybody in the AFC. Uh, number seven overall, the Carolina Panthers. Again, this is what I would do, and I'm looking at the board. I really like Jedrick Wills. And if he were sitting there, I would take him. If Isaiah Simmons were sitting there, I would take him. I don't love the quarterbacks either, so I'm not going that route. They have Teddy Bridgewater in-house. I think that they're going to move on with him for the future. I think that they really like him there. So I'm going to give him some weapons because I still really like Jerry Judy. This was a guy that we had as high as like the number two on some of our boards. Uh, I know I did there for a while right behind Chase Young. I still think he can be a huge difference maker at receiver. Putting him in this offense with Christian McCaffrey, I think eventually the, the Panthers are going to have to realize we can't just do everything through Christian McCaffrey. We need to get some targets on the outside to even go with Robbie Anderson and more and you know Curtis Samuels. There's some very good, talented receivers there. But when I'm looking at the board, no Jedrick Wills, no Isaiah Simmons, I'm going to take Jerry Judy and just say, you know what, we'll just air it out. If we can't block that long, we'll find guys who can get open quick. That would give them the best group of skill players in the NFL right there. It's not even close. I mean, you really pencil it in where you have – Christian McCaffrey at running back, DJ Moore, and then uh, Robbie Anderson on the outside, and you'd play Judy in the slot, and he would he would devour slot corners, devour them. It would be so like be Justin great. Jefferson in that Joe Brady offense. That's exactly yeah. what it is. He'd have so much space to work with. Like you said, Melo, Teddy gets the ball out quick in that situation. I like that a lot. Eight, the Arizona Cardinals. This pick has been happening in real mock drafts, but this is also the what we would do version. It's very easy. Tristan Wirfs. Uh, they need an offensive lineman. They need a guy that could either play on the you know a tackle spot. He could play guard. He's athletic. He could do everything you asked of him in this offense to get the run game going, to give Kyler Murray more pass protection. So this is probably the easiest pick I'll have to make in the mock draft. Tristan Wirfs to the Cardinals. And this is a pick you hear a lot around the league that could actually happen. They, they really value him. They need a right tackle, and, and he uh, can play that. We've seen it. Uh, plug and play at that spot. I am up here, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, number nine overall. Uh, when I look at the Jaguars, I see a team with, they have a ton of needs across the board, but where's the direction of this team going? They've traded away some of their best players. They've tried to retool at other positions. If I'm the general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars, guys, I'm going corner. C.J. Henderson, I believe, can shut down one side of the field. I don't value defensive tackle this high for a Derrick Brown or a Javon Kinlaw, especially for a team that has two first-round picks. I want to get a corner. 
in a draft where there's just, in my opinion, there are two good corners, and then there's a drop-off, and the drop-off is pretty significant. So getting, making sure that I get one of the elite corners after trading away Jalen Ramsey, trading away A.J. Boy, you got to get somebody out there who can cover, and I'm a big C.J. Henderson fan. I thought I was the biggest C.J. Henderson fan on this <laughs> yeah, podcast, but man, you've got him nine I like overall. Him a lot. I do too. I like his length. I like his speed. I think that plays at corner anywhere. Number 10 overall, the Cleveland Browns. Thank you guys for letting me pick for the Browns. I love this. Uh, I don't love a lot of the tackles in this class. I think I'm in the minority there. I like Wills a lot. I would have taken him uh, very high in this draft. I like Tristan Wirfs, but he's not there either. So I'm going to pass on offensive tackle. I know that's a huge need for the Browns, but I'm not in love with guys like Becton or Thomas or Jones or Austin Jackson. None of them. I'm not in love with them, but I do really like Derek Brown. And I think that the the Browns have to find a way to start stopping guys like Lamar Jackson. It's going to be a very big problem for them. And I think one way you can do that is with some penetration up the middle, stopping the run game that the Ravens love so much that the Steelers will probably try to get back to. So I'm taking Derek Brown to just kind of shore up the, the interior of my defensive line. And, I mean, the guy can play a lot of different positions. I know he didn't test well at the Combine. But the tape is there, and the tape tells me that he can dominate the SEC, which means he can probably dominate in the AFC North as well. Connor, this is just Mello hating Baker Mayfield and wanting him to get hit. He's like, I'm not giving <laughs> Baker a left tackle. And it works out in my favor right? because at number 11. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Mello. At number 11 for the New York Jets, I get Andrew Thomas. And, and Mello, you brought up that you like Jedrick Wills. You like Tristan Wirfs. I think uh, Andrew Thomas is the third one for me. I have these guys really lumped together where – Obviously, Wills and Werfs are are in their own crew, but I think Thomas is a plug-and-play starter from day one, and he's a big upgrade over George Fant at left tackle for the New York Jets. So Thomas is a guy that gives you a lot of power in the run game. He's somebody that's a high IQ player in pass protection. I think he, he always understands his spacing. He always understands passing off stunts or picking up stunts. This would be a really, really big upgrade overall for Sam Darnold. And for the New York Jets, this is a difficult decision to make because you have C.D. Lamb on the board. You can go get yourselves a number one wide receiver. But once again, they could not keep the quarterback upright last year. Andrew Thomas has done a really good job of that for Jake Fromm over the last couple of years. And this also helps Le'Veon Bell in the run game. Connor, if you were the Jets GM, like if you got the job today, right? They're like, they fire everyone. You get the job right now. Knowing what you know, would you trade Jamal Adams? Like, with how poorly they've executed this offseason, you could get 17 from Dallas. That's Which, it? I know that's not realistic. Uh, like, 17 and a, a you know couple day three picks. I wouldn't. Instead, Matt, I would trade for Trent Williams and take CeeDee Lamb at 11. Yeah, that makes they sense. Have, they have the second most cap space in the NFL right, right now. I would find a way to make it work with Trent. Now, I, I know what you're saying, though. Like, in our philosophy on this podcast... Almost nine out of ten times you do trade Jamal in that scenario because I don't think the Jets are in a position to win, unfortunately, with the head coach they have where you capitalize on the value right now for Jamal Adams. But, man, I I think it would just suck the life, the little life left out of the team. I mean, this is the closest they've had since Revis left to a franchise player. Yeah, that's a good point. It's, It's tough. It's a really tough decision. I don't think it's that cut and dried. And it's tough that your best player is a safety. You know, like and exactly. I love Jamal Adams. I think he's one of the best safeties in football. It's just not that important of a position. You know, it'd be like your best player being an offensive guard. You know, like that's that's awesome. Like if you have Quentin Nelson, it's huge. But 
he alone is not going to change the game that much. So you need you need other pieces. So uh, that's the reason I bring that up. All right, number 12, the Las Vegas Raiders with their first pick in this draft. I'm going to go wide receiver because Henry Ruggs is on the board. And I think I said this on the Friday show. John Gruden has had to watch Tyree Kill twice a year for a couple of years now. Why not go get your own version of that? Somebody who just completely terrifies the defense, even when he doesn't get the ball. How many times a guy like that opens things up for the tight end, open things up for the run game? When you have Darren Waller at tight end, who's a, a great, great athlete, when you already have a couple other good possession receivers, when you have a running back in Josh Jacobs, who's a do-it-all player, someone who can stretch the field vertically, like Henry Ruggs, completely changes the framework of your offense. So wide receiver, I think, is the biggest need for this team. I know a lot of people would say, why not C.D. Lamb? I just think in this particular offense, Henry Ruggs is a difference maker. And honestly, I have Ruggs and Lamb graded identically, but when you have to you have to break a tie, I gave the tiebreaker to Henry Ruggs as my number two receiver. Was it the speed that did it for you? It was yeah, the speed. Right. And the, again, I'm not trying to trash C.D. Lamb. I like him a lot. We've praised him for months here. My concerns with C.D. Lamb are I think he might be a slot-only guy at the next level. He has run about three routes at Oklahoma, and he's never had to play against press coverage, and he's not that fast. There's just not – and I don't even mean the 40 time. I just There's not a lot of juice when he has to, to cut at, at the, the route stem. There's not a lot of burst and explosion. I do worry about that a little bit where he's he's a very physical receiver who's also not that big. How well is that going to translate? Well, you're getting him at number 13 overall well, with you. San Francisco 49ers because I absolutely love CeeDee Lamb. And I would be fine with him in that offense. I, I have all three of these receivers lumped together. I, I was picking for the Panthers at 7 overall, and I almost took CeeDee Lamb over Jerry Judy. I really like these three receivers and what they can do. CeeDee Lamb, I think he he looks slow is why people say, well, I don't know if he has the speed. I, I think that he does. He came out and ran a very good 40. He gets away from everybody. Watch the Texas game again if you can. I don't want to. <laughs> he, he, there are five guys around him, and they just can't tackle him. And he catches the ball in a crowd. There's just not much I haven't seen him do. And I think he plays a lot bigger than he is. I think he's 6'2", 190. Yeah. He plays like he's 6'3", 210. I really like CeeDee Lamb. If my team needed a receiver, I mean, I would have a hard time passing up CeeDee Lamb. Just like Connor just said, like, Jets at 11. I'm assuming you meant with Jerry Judy on the board, you still would take CeeDee Lamb. Every time. Exactly. Yeah, every I time. Mean, I really think he's going to be a special, like, probably a pro bowler in his rookie year. Wow. Depending on fit. If he goes to the 49ers at 13 overall, CeeDee Lamb will be a pro bowler his rookie well, year. And you know what? We had a meeting get canceled. We have a little time to talk about this. With CeeDee Lamb, I think if he goes somewhere where he can run slants – and underneath routes, he could be he could be a Pro Bowler early on. So fit does matter. If he goes somewhere where they're going to say, "Hey, you're our X receiver, and we're going to ask you to stretch the field, and you're going to have to beat press coverage," that's just not who he is. So if he goes to the Niners, where a lot of their routes are timing based, they're underneath routes. This is still a West Coast offense with an inside zone run scheme. Then I think Ceedee Lamb could have a ton of success there. All right, 14, the Bucks, another team that still needs help at tackle, especially when you got Tom Brady back there. you got to keep him upright. And I'm going to go with Makai Becton. This is the run on tackles right here, you know, the classic big four we've been calling them for a while. And I think with Becton, he's somebody that probably needs the most developing out of the top four. 
but the reward is also the biggest because of his size, his light feet at that size, the way he manhandles people in the run game. Uh, I, I saw some buzz out there that he's not a finisher in the run game. I think you should go back and watch the rest of the film because the guy most definitely is. And I, I had a good laugh at him uh, pulling a truck this weekend while everybody's in quarantine. So for the Bucks here, I don't think this is hap- going to happen. I don't think you'll get this lucky. But if you do, you have to take Makai Becton and upgrade that tackle spot. If I was them too, I would give Jason Peters a call right now and see what he wants. Yeah, I would as well. I think uh, the Buccaneers are another team that you're at least upgrading one of those tackle spots. I've routinely had them going Andrew Thomas or even reaching a little bit for a Josh Jones at Josh 14 Jones, overall. Yes. At 15, the Denver Broncos. Wait, I have one so, more thing to add about Makai Becton. You said he was pulling a truck during quarantine. Not impressed. I'll be more impressed when I see a truck pull Mackay Becton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right? I think we should expect it at this point. Yeah. He's massive. I mean, He's bigger no... than a Ford Ranger. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Uh, all right, number 15, the Denver Broncos. We A lot of the times we have Henry Ruggs fall to this spot. But, again, this is a, what we would do. Mock drafts, so Ruggs, Lamb, and Judy are off the board. I will still take Justin Jefferson here. I think he would pair very, very well with Cortland Sutton. We've talked so much about, hey, help Drew Locke out. I don't personally value any of the left tackles at 15 overall uh, with the the run on them that we had here. So I think if you can't protect him a little bit better and upgrade over Garrett Bowles, who had to be the most penalized left tackle in football last year, if you can't upgrade there, let's upgrade in the passing game to give him some weapons to go with Cortland Sutton, to go with Melvin Gordon, to go with Noah Fant. I think Justin Jefferson's quickness, his route running, what he does after the catch would be very, very nice in Denver. And I'm up with 16 overall. I think a lot of people are going to hate this pick, but I don't care. This is what I would do. The Atlanta Falcons just signed Todd Gurley. I don't think Todd Gurley can carry the load by himself. I, I think this is a two-year deal, and then after that, I think the the Falcons are probably going to move on like the Rams did. So with 16 overall, with DeAndre Swift sitting right there, there's a lot of questions about these two Georgia backs and can they carry the load. Who cares? Get them both. Take DeAndre Swift. Let them split carries. Let DeAndre Swift develop in, in the power run game and get a good mentor for Todd Gurley for the next two years. And then after that, I think DeAndre Swift's the best running back in this class. I really love what he's able to do in the passing game. I think that he probably needs to add a little weight, a little bulk to his size. But you're getting a Pro Bowl level running back here after you upgraded your offensive line last year. And I'm sorry, I'm just not sold on the Todd Gurley signing. I will say this. uh, As of Monday morning at 9.15, the Falcons actually haven't announced that signing. So it might. who knows if it's actually even happened. It's weird right now, right? Because like you can agree to things and it's not official until there's a physical. So they could be waiting. But the Falcons actually haven't announced the Todd Gurley signing. Hmm. Something to think about. Something to think about. All right, let's take a break. We come back. Connor's on the clock for the Dallas Cowboys at 17 overall. Number 17, the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm going with Javon Kinlaw here, guys. I still think Dallas needs a lot up front on that defensive line. Obviously, they lose Robert Quinn on the edge, so you can consider Calevon Chase on here, but I still think they need an interior wrecker, and I think what Kinlaw's ceiling in this spot, he'd just be a phenomenal player for them. I I love Derek Brown. I have Derek Brown graded higher than Kinlaw, but I think Kinlaw still has a chance to end up being the better player just with the trajectory he's on at the college level, being a late bloomer. He's somebody that with a little coaching in Dallas uh, can be a guy that, you know, just destroys the game up front against the run and against the pass with how big and how athletic he is. Yeah, it's easy to look at Kinlaw and say, like, in this in this defense, uh, he would be wreck phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Yep. Number 18, the Miami Dolphins. Connor gave them Jedrick Wills at pick number five overall. 
a lot of people say, okay, we'll give them a quarterback here, Matt. No, I will not. Good day. I'm going to give them a pass rusher. I know they've added a ton of like savvy veteran dudes who are just, you know, they're going to be good players, but not great players. In this defense, you still need, I think, someone who can be that, you know, ass-kicking pass rusher. Kalevon Chason's on the board. He's my number nine overall player. If I'm the Dolphins, this is my pick. You still have 26. You still have two second-round picks. I believe they have two firsts next year. You have resources to get a quarterback. And I am firmly of the opinion that if there, if you're on the board and there's not a quarterback that you like, don't draft one. Don't take EJ Manuel just because you need a quarterback. <laughs> You know, don't we? And the Dolphins did this once. Ryan Tannehill has turned it around, but they took a quarterback just because they needed one, and it didn't work. Don't do that. Wait. It's better to be bad for another year than to miss on a quarterback. That's what would happen if the Dolphins reached for a Herbert or a Jordan Love at this spot. Yeah, and I think you already have Fitzpatrick in house. I, I'm with you. I wouldn't take one of the quarterbacks here. Luckily, I'm not picking for them. I am picking for the Las Vegas Raiders at 19 overall. Matt, you gave them Henry Ruggs to start off with. And again, what I would do is what we're kind of hearing with mock drafts a lot too. I'm going to give them Patrick Queen at linebacker. I think that he can play all, all linebacker positions. I, I think after a couple of years in the league, he develops and he's going to be a true ass kicker, like you say. That middle linebacker, his speed plays everywhere. Uh, his aggressiveness, his coverage ability. I really like Patrick Queen. I think maybe he can start to slow down some of these tight ends and some of these running backs out of the backfield that the AFC West has. 20 Jacksonville Jaguars. They got C.J. Henderson uh, from Matt in the first round at number nine overall. Their second pick in the first round here. Let's just rebuild the entire secondary, guys. Now you go with Antoine Winfield Jr. So you got a number one corner and now a top safety that can pretty much play every single role on the field. He can play in the box. He can cover in the slot. He plays in too deep. So I think with Winfield Jr., you have a guy that takes away the football. And for Jacksonville, they've traded away a lot of players. It doesn't. I don't feel good that they're going to make this work with Ngakwe uh, long term. It would be great if they can keep him up front with these two guys in the back. So when you look at it for Jacksonville, they are rebuilding this defense. And with the way the board fell, these are just the best available players to them. Number 21, the Philadelphia Eagles is a popular spot for Justin Jefferson in a regular what we think will happen mock draft. In a what we would do, Jefferson is gone. But I'm still going to go wide receiver. And maybe I'm just stubborn. I still like T. Higgins. I know the 40 time was great at the pro day, but I like T. Higgins. I think he's one of the best vertical receivers in this game, and something that's really missing uh, for Carson Wentz. This dude has a rocket. Like This is a big-armed quarterback. He can get outside the pocket, launch the ball down the field. He needs someone who's going to be reliable, not Nelson Aguilar, bringing the ball down. They need a big year from J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who did nothing as a rookie. They need a healthy Alshon Jeffrey back, but T. Higgins, even though not the burner down the field I think a lot of Eagles fans would want. Just give Carson Wentz more productivity at that position, and Higgins will do that. Yeah, and I'm up next with the Minnesota Vikings. You just took T. Higgins, so now I'm kind of in a panic here. I want a receiver for this team. I traded away a damn good one. I need a new one. I'm going to go with Denzel Mims out of Baylor. I think that he can come in and play across from Adam Thielen, and maybe you keep this offense rolling. You need another target. Like I know you traded one, but you need another target in this offense to keep things rolling the way that you had them rolling with Minnesota. And Denzel Mims is a pretty complete wide receiver. We're seeing him do a lot of things at the Senior Bowl. I really like what he can do and how he fits in this offense. 
23 of the New England Patriots, and I'm going with Jordan Love here, guys. The Patriots are going into the season right now with Brian Hoyer at quarterback, Jarrett Stidham at quarterback. It's assumed that Stidham will take over that job if they don't make a big addition in the draft. But with Love falling to 23, not having to move up for him, I think this is the guy to develop if you're New England right now. He has a huge arm. He can move really, really well. He does not need to play from day one. This is a landing spot that makes so much sense. And if you're New England, you're not giving anything to go up and get him. And I look at the way the board broke. I like Jordan Love better than Justin Herbert, number one. If I was trying to develop a guy, I see higher impact traits in Love's game. So I think New England is a team, and the team after them, the Saints, are another one. Those teams can afford to draft and stash Jordan Love, similar to the way the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes a couple years ago. And that's what I've done here. 24 overall, the New Orleans Saints. We have Justin Herbert falling. Again, this this won't happen. But in a what we would do mock, Justin Herbert's still here. And I, I am intrigued by him as a draft and stash player. I He should not see the field year one. But playing behind Drew Brees, I know they put the first-round tender in the uh, exclusive tag on Taysom Hill. But I don't believe at 30 years old with two knee injuries and 13 passes thrown in his career, he's the guy long-term. Let's get Justin Herbert in here. Let him learn behind Drew Brees. I think he could be a fun fit in this offense that has Michael Thomas, has Alvin Kamara, now has Emmanuel Sanders, would open things up a little bit. Drew Brees doesn't have the strongest arm, but he is one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL. So Herbert's skill set actually fits here pretty well, in my opinion. And the number 25, the Minnesota Vikings again. Just gave him Denzel Mims at 22 overall. Now I'm looking at the depth chart. I'm looking at the big board, and I'm saying, what do we need? I think they could use another pass rusher to go opposite of Hunter. Getting after the quarterbacks is going to be very important, especially when you get into the playoffs and you're trying to beat Drew Brees again. Why not go out and get an edge rusher that fits in this 4-3 defense? I, I like the way he bends. I like his athletic ability. I think he's the number three edge guy in this class for me and and after this I think the edge class gets very weak so if I'm going to take one back into the first round I get the third best one in this class and I'm very happy about that 26 the Miami Dolphins number five I gave them Jedrick Wills then Matt gave them at 18 Caleb on chase on so they got a franchise tackle up front they got a do-it-all linebacker that's really going to rush the passer at the next level and chase on at 26 year, I'm going with Jonathan Taylor. And I know we've picked running back for them before in previous mock drafts. But now you have the offensive line, or at least a piece on the offensive line, that you feel you can run behind with this offense. So for the Dolphins, I'm not playing the game of reaching for a quarterback. I'm not taking Jake Fromm, Jacob Beeson here, Jalen Hurts. I'm not doing that in this spot. I am getting really good football players for Brian Flores. And now Chan Gailey is back at the offensive coordinator to make this offense work. And I think if you're a Dolphins fan in this situation, you might be disappointed you're coming out of this draft without your franchise quarterback, but your team is getting a lot better. Those are three huge pieces for your franchise where Maybe you do take a one-year flyer on Cam Newton. Maybe you do take a one-year flyer on Jameis Winston. If I was going to do it, I'm taking the flyer on Cam Newton 10 out of 10 times in that spot. But this team, guys, after free agency and after the first round of our mock draft and having two more second-round picks, feels really, really improved on paper. I would rather have Jalen Hurts in the second round than Jordan Love or Justin Herbert at 26. Just for that specific team. For that team, I would rather have three first-round picks who are starters and Jalen Hurts than 
two first-round picks were starters and Justin Herbert, and then you try to fill in some of these gaps in round two with the other positions. Number 27, the Seattle Seahawks. As of right now, they have not re-signed Jadavion Clowney. I think pass rusher is a huge need. Even if he does come back, LJ Collier, last year's first-round pick, has done nothing. They do have a couple good players in the interior, but neither one is in it really an electric pass rusher. I think you can solve two of these problems with one player in A.J. Epinesa from Iowa. We've talked before, a little bit of a tweener. Is he a D-end? Is he a D-tackle? Just put him somewhere where he can be both. This is a lot like how Michael Bennett was used in this defense. Let him play both based on assignment, based on down and distance. I like Epinesa still incredibly productive over the last two years in the Big Ten. Yes, he's a little bit big, six foot six, probably around two eighty. Uh, we could see him play. I think we could see him play at two sixty five. I think we could see him play at two eighty five. It's just what you want him to be. But the production and the technique are absolutely there. Number twenty eight overall, the Baltimore Ravens. They keep winning the offseason here. They still need a middle linebacker, and Kenneth Murray has fallen to them. I think this is a no brainer. I think is if this happens uh, in the real draft, well in history you would run the card up to the podium i don't know what the hell you do now you send a text message and say we want kenneth murray whatever you do you take kenneth murray who fits in this defense and can come be an alpha i mean like ray lewis used to lead this defense i think kenneth murray is another guy who's going to come in and very early on take over that defense and lead any defense that he's on 29 the tennessee titans here listen i know when they lost jack conklin they were prepared they have dennis daly they feel like he could play right tackle his guarantees are mostly in the first year of that contract 29 i'm gonna do a little bit of a reach here because i like the player i'm going with isaiah wilson he is strictly a right tackle if you listen to this podcast you know that isaiah wilson is built like a house if makai becton was not in this class Everybody would talk about how huge Isaiah Wilson is, and he is an absolute unit of a run blocker on the right side. So when I look at Tennessee in this spot, you lost Jack Conklin, and this is a downgrade in pass protection, but I think Isaiah Wilson would be at least just as good as Conklin was as a run blocker. That's how powerful this guy where if is where if you keep it simple for him, and if you if you don't feel good about him starting for day one and you want him to be the swing tackle, that's fine because you have Dennis Daly there. But Isaiah Wilson is a perfect scheme fit with this Tennessee offense. Yeah, and at 30, the Green Bay Packers, I'm. this is not the biggest need, but we have depleted the wide receiver core. There's not a tight end, I feel like, uh, that I would draft at 30 overall. So I'm going to look to the future and go offensive tackle. This is a team that is getting a little bit older at the tackle. Plus, we've seen Brian Bulaga already leave. Josh Jones from Houston is going to be my guy. He's an athlete who I actually think could play right tackle, um, primarily played left at Houston. I think he could play right tackle just fine. Saw him do it some of the senior bowl. But he is an athlete with an incredibly high ceiling. He does play nasty. He can be a finisher. And, yes, he is a little bit raw, but I think we saw throughout the process what we were able to see of the process, at least, a player who continued to get better with good coaching. So I'm high on Josh Jones. I think he's 32 or 33 on my board, so a pretty good value for the Packers here. But also uh, keeping this team young as they move into the the twilight of Aaron Rodgers' career. And I think he could be a tackle, like Connor said, like a swing tackle for a year or two. And then he probably replaces that left tackle and as you started there for a while. Number 31 overall, the San Francisco 49ers. Already gave him a receiver. I'm going to go corner here. I'm going to go Jeff Gladney. I like his game. Uh, I like how physical he is. He doesn't let these big receivers bully him. I mean, we saw him shut down the receiver from Iowa State. He's just very good at jumping routes and playing with quickness. He can click and close. He does everything that you want out of a corner. I think if he were six foot tall, 
instead of the 510. We're talking about him as probably a top 15 overall pick, but he just lacks a little bit of length in his game. There's nothing that he can do about that. Other than that, it looks pretty damn good. So I think the 49ers be very happy to get him here at 31 overall. Yeah, I love that pick for their secondary. I think it's a perfect fit. 32, the final pick of our round one mock draft today. Your Kansas City Chiefs here, Mello, get Cesar Ruiz. And he could play all three spots on the interior offensive line. I think it's an area Kansas City really needs to, I don't want to say hit the panic button on, but more so stay ahead of the curve here. You have Pat Mahomes. Keep the guy protected. And with Ruiz, he's not only good in pass protection, but they get this guy moving in the run game. So for this, this is a plug-and-play starter from day one. Whatever spot you feel you need the most help at, probably center in my eyes. Feel free to disagree here, guys. But I think Ruiz at 32 is, is just a perfect, perfect pick here for the Chiefs that he fell this far. Yeah, I love that pick for the Chiefs because I do think you have to protect your asset in, in Patrick Mahomes. You didn't do it last year. Go get the best center in the draft. And if Cesar Ruiz is there, I do hope the Chiefs take him. All right, that's our mock draft, and that is our show. Again, we'll be here three times a week, still giving you guys content and as much news as we get. So please stay home, stay safe, and take care of each other. We'll be back for Mellow for Connor's Map. We'll talk to you real soon. Mm-hmm.